Does screening for cancer save lives? We have no way of knowing for sure until overall mortality rather than disease-specific mortality becomes the benchmark against which screening is judged. So say the authors of an analysis article on the BMJ.com that calls for higher standards of evidence for cancer screening. I'm Navjot Lada, Analysis Editor, and I'm joined now by Vinay Prasad, Assistant Professor at the Knight Cancer Institute at Oregon Health and Science University and one of the authors of the article. Vinay, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Vinay, can you tell us, has cancer screening ever been shown to save lives? So that's a, that's a great question. So I think, um, you know, what we do know is that cancer screening tests, um, including FOBT and flexible sigmoidoscopy, those have been shown to lower death from colorectal cancer. Um, mammographic screening in some but not all analyses have been shown to reduce um, death from breast cancer. Prostate cancer screening, one of the five trials we have shows a reduction in death from prostate cancer, but the other four don't, and the pooled estimate doesn't. Um, but you know, but what, one thing that we haven't seen, um, and I think in any, in any cancer study in a very robust way, is that these deaths in um, disease-specific cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer, or breast cancer, whether that those translate into improvements in overall survival. And I think what we believe and what we argue in this paper is that before you can tell a person that a screening test saves lives, you should show it improves overall mortality. And one of the major assumptions in sort of um, the history of cancer screening has been that gains in disease-specific mortality or some causes of death, they translate into overall survival benefits. But I think that's a big assumption. And in this paper, we try to, we pick at that assumption a little bit. So it's important, therefore, to distinguish between overall mortality and disease-specific mortality. So I think, uh, you know, everyone uh, who, you know, studies cancer screening tests, um, there's this one sort of thing that we don't talk about explicitly that I think a lot of people believe or sort of internalize and, and just sort of take for granted, and that's this idea that cancer screening tests, which may be designed to screen for breast cancer or colon cancer or lung cancer, um, They've certainly shown some evidence that they can lower the rate of those cancers and deaths from those cancers, um, or at least in, in certain uh, clinical trials. Um, but the real question is, by doing so, um, do you actually impact how long people live, uh, how long uh, they, they uh, are the likelihood of dying for any reason? And that's what we call overall mortality or, or dying from any cause. And the big assumption in cancer screening research has been that by lowering disease-specific mortality, um, that will translate into a survival benefit. Um, but that's never been shown explicitly. And we raise a few bunch of questions about it um, in, for all of the different screening tests um, in our paper. And I think the reason that matters is, is because it's sort of an unspoken assumption that just doesn't get talked about too much. Okay. And... Um... In the article, you describe a number of randomized trials of cancer screening where there were reductions in disease-specific mortality, but no change or even increases in overall mortality. So can you explain for us why cancer screening might reduce disease-specific mortality without significantly reducing overall mortality? Right. So, um, you know, there there are definitely two hypotheses. And in the, in the article, we try to give... Uh, 
uh, credence to both hypotheses, or give plausibility to both hypotheses. Um, one is the one that we all sort of tacitly assume, which is that these studies have been underpowered, um, that the sample size of the studies was big enough to show a disease-specific mortality benefit, but it wasn't big enough to show an overall mortality benefit. Um, some of the things that make that a little problematic is in pooled analyses of randomized trials for some of these cancers, um, there appears to be, in some cases, maybe a slight increase in non-target uh, cancer deaths. Um, and so that kind of brings us to the second hypothesis, which is that it is possible, and in some cases maybe even plausible, that gains from um, certain cancers, avoiding death from one cancer, may be offset by slight increases in um, treatment-related mortality, mortality from off-target effects. Um, and in the paper, we try to uh, lay out what, what, what might be some possibilities. Okay, so what you're saying is that there are... Um important things that aren't captured by those disease-specific endpoints that we are perhaps missing by not um, including overall mortality in our thinking. I think that's absolutely right. I think patients, um, particularly what we shouldn't even call um, people who undergo screening patients, we should call them, you know, they're healthy people. And healthy people care about living longer or living better. And disease-specific mortality by and uh, of itself doesn't capture either of those things perfectly well. And so, you know, for that reason, really overall mortality is what people care about. It's what people sort of come in uh, seeking to do. They want to get screening so they can live longer. And then the question is, are we being perfectly frank and honest with them about how much we know whether or not that claim is true? Right. And one of the issues with that is that the, you know, although harms of screening are not easily captured by disease-specific endpoints alone, the studies themselves don't give a lot of attention to harms. They don't look for them. Is that right? Yes, I think that that's a fair point. We tried to document for many of the different screening tests that harms have been, um, you know, historically, maybe even arguably historically, they've been ignored. In recent years, they're gaining increasing recognition, um, but they may not be documented to the degree to which that, uh, you know, we'd like to see them for really true informed decision making. And again, they're not captured, as you note, in the disease-specific mortality um, metric. And that's sort of why we're, we're, we raise this, these questions. And you give some examples in the paper of um, specific harms um, associated with um, certain types of screening. I think the one you go into is um, breast cancer screening. Right. And I think with breast cancer screening, um, you know, what gets talked about a lot is the harms of false positive, false positive biopsy results um, and the attendant anxiety that comes with that and the follow-up that comes with that. Um, what gets talked about a little bit less is overdiagnosis, which is really giving a patient a diagnosis of cancer, uh, a patient in whom um, had that cancer been undiagnosed, they never would have had any symptoms or, um, or, or they never would have experienced any bad sequela from that cancer. Um, and all the treatment we do on patients who are overdiagnosed, that all really counts in the harms column. That's, that's, that's sort of net harm from our intervention. And the question is, is it offset by the, the net benefits? And, and that's what we're trying to sort of maybe frame the discussion a little bit better about. Yeah. And um, one of the most, if not the most compelling argument for doing that, you know, for making this information known, understood and accessible is that without it, people aren't able to make a fully informed choice about a particular screening test. Um, what do we know about the public perception of screening? 
So we know that the public perception of screening, and, and we talk about it a little bit in the article, um, but uh, the public tends to have an inflated view of screening, that what screening is capable of doing for them. And, uh, and, and the reality is, of course, even the most uh, optimistic estimates, and there is, a, and I, I say optimistic because there has been you know, some disagreement about what the precise point estimates are, but even the most optimistic estimates don't come anywhere near as optimistic as, as what a lot of the public believes screening is capable of doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what about com- clinicians? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of us have some confusion about what we know and don't know about screening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, ironically, that as you know, as you practice more and more, and as you refer patients more and more for screening, um, you come, you come. It often gets to the point where you sort of even lose sight of the big questions. You sort of, uh, I, and at least in the United States, I think people sometimes think of it as just a box to check off as health maintenance, and we just go down those boxes and we check them off, but we don't really think about, and when we don't often have those discussions that really uh, count as uh, shared decision making. Right. So hopefully um, this paper will just be a good a good reminder to us all just to kind of, you know, make sure that we're we're aware of the evidence and and go through that process with patients. Um, Yes. And the one thing I would sort of add to that is and I think that, you know, as a society, we have to and we talk about it in the paper. But I think we really do have to commit ourselves to answering this question in a very robust way, which will require very large randomized controlled trials. And, you know, in this time of, um, you know, research funding shortfalls, um, proposing such, you know, ambitious and large studies um, can seem, you know, politically and practically intractable. Um, but, but the truth is that the amount of money and investment that, you know, Western civilization is spending on cancer screening currently is, a, is orders of magnitude more than the cost it would be to really sort of test these uh, screening tests in very robust studies for the endpoints that really matter to patients. Right. Um, and you talk a little bit about um, how these uh, big trials can be done feasibly in the paper. Um, can you describe for us a little bit about how you know you, you might overcome issues around things like cost, uh, recruitment, logistics, and prioritizing certain patients? Yeah, so, you know, some of the proposals we have is to really, um, from some cancer screening tests, um, we have this sort of... Mm, the innate idea that all screening tests have to be for average risk individuals. Um, maybe it's time to sort of put that on its head and really develop and push the screening tests in high risk individuals. That's one idea. Um, the other idea is, you know, it's time we start harnessing the power of, um, you know, large observational data sets and into those embedding randomization through registry-based randomized control trials, which have, you know, dramatically reduced cost. Um, and um, others have proposed that anytime nations change um, national guidelines or national policy, that that's also a good opportunity for randomization. And, you know, public policy has, you know, historically not done a whole lot of that. But I think there is a lot of value to sort of um, to testing some of these broad policy interventions that, you know, many people take for granted, much as we, you know, sort of just take for granted that disease-specific mortality means there'll be an overall mortality benefit on the back end. Right. So um, while these are all um, coming, if hopefully they do come in the future, in the meantime, what's your advice to clinicians who are, you know, regularly having these discussions with um, people who are, um, you know, discussing screening? What's the best way to communicate this complex information? 
Yeah, so that's a, that's the million dollar question, mm. I think. <laughs> and I think uh, for the time being, you know, we will face this difficult um, challenge of of trying to communicate this to patients so, or to, uh, to healthy people. Um, so, so I guess I'll first say um, uh, I think it's important that we make the effort to communicate this as well as possible. And um, as we quote, you know, we quote Oris Brawley in our paper, um, I, it's important we tell people what we know, what we don't know, and what we merely believe. And um, so I think what we're talking about in this paper is a whole bunch of things that fall in the what we merely believe camp. And one of those things is that by lowering death rates from colorectal cancer or lung cancer or breast cancer, that that means patients live longer. But that's something we merely believe, and, and it's, it's time we acknowledge that. Um, we need to be perfectly frank with patients that screening tests have known and real harms. Um, and uh, in addition to all the false positive harms, um, there's also the harm of overdiagnosis, which has been shown in really all screening tests. And, and explaining overdiagnosis, I think, has been very tricky, but they've been a bunch of really, um, you know, tremendous investigators who've really given us a lot of good language to try to have those conversations. And then I think we need to, uh, you know, try to fit these conversations with the priorities and goals are, that people have in our clinics. And, and those goals are very varied. And, 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 uh, and, and I think that the right answer is we need to be comfortable when people make choices that we may not make, um, but that they may be right for them. And that's another thing that I think, you know, doctors have to work on because that's, that's sort of part of the conversation, um, that you could be happy with an answer that's not exactly what you would have chosen. Right, if you're satisfied that that person has made made the best decision for them with the best available information. Absolutely. Yeah. Vinay Prasad, thanks so much for joining us. And that analysis article, Why Cancer Screening Has Never Been Shown to Save Lives and What We Can Do About It, is now available on the bmj.com.